Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Attinger, going solo here for probably the uh, podcast that will have the, the least amount of shelf life in the history uh, of this uh, you know, podcast as a, as a whole, because it, the Browns play you know, in probably about four or five hours by the time you hear this, and we couldn't really do a, a full preview of the game because we didn't know who was going to be playing. And now we just got that information pretty much. And, and so I'll, you know, I'll give just my quick thoughts on it. And, and then, uh, of course, we'll be back with more content after the game once we know how it all unfolds. But the biggest news really is that although a couple Browns players did test back in, you know, with these new protocols and the game being delayed uh, to, you know, today at five Eastern, that, you know, Baker Mayfield and, and Case Keenum did not test back in. So Nick Mullins will be your starter uh, for the Browns against the Raiders in this pretty much must win situation, especially because, you know, the results didn't exactly go the Browns way yesterday. You know, Pittsburgh winning, the Bengals winning, especially that game over the Broncos. That one would have been really nice for the Browns to get. Uh, the Ravens did lose. So basically, the Browns are playing if for first place. If they win today, they'll be in first. But if they lose, they will be in last. That's how tight this division is right now and why you know this game is so important and, and it's such an unfor- unfortunate situation. But Nick Mullins is going to be the guy. And as I said on the last podcast, Nick Mullins is about as good as you could hope for, for a third string quarterback. Uh, now, I, I know uh, the stat about him, you know, having the second most uh, passing yards through 16 games behind Patrick Mahomes is a funny one. But but in reality, he really is a guy that actually has NFL experience. He has started games before he has, you know, real NFL action. He has proven that he can belong on an NFL field. So Mullins is not Baker Mayfield in particular. Um, but I do think the drop off from Case Keenum to him is really not all that much, to be honest. Pretty similar players uh, in terms of limited arm strength down the field. Uh, they're not going to be guys that that can stretch the defense vertically all that much. But guys that, that can complete the short to intermediate passes that have generally good decision-making, you know, as part of their repertoire. So yeah, a guy that you hope isn't going to make mistakes that cost you the game and with the right scheme, you know, the, the Kyle Shanahan offense is, you know, very similar to, to what Kevin Stefanski runs, you know, in the right scheme, hopefully can get you points. And that's really all this is for the Browns is, Hey, what is the path? for them to get some points. You know, Mullins, as I said, is not going to be a down the field, you know, big shots, explosive plays type of guy, but can they find a way to manufacture 20 points? And and I'm going to hammer that home. To me, this game is all about the path to 20 points. If you get to 20 points, I think you have a chance to win the game. I, especially because I think the Browns are going to be running the ball a lot. So, you know, they're going to, if they get to 20 points, it's going to be through some long drives, uh, that's what you got to hope for, you know, uh, is really how can you find it? And I think that, you know, some keys to that, you know, of, of course, number one has got to be the running game. You know, they have Chubb, they have uh, Dearness Johnson, 
lean on those guys, you know, Browns fans who want the Browns, you know, the Browns to run the football more, you're going to get it in this game. They're going to run the ball a lot on first and second down. I promise you, you know, there will be some play action mixed in with Mullins. He he does have some, some Baker Keenum S qualities too, where, you know, I saw Jake Burns tweet out a, 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 some throws of Mullins and you can tell he does like those little play action boots and stuff. So again, I don't think the offense is going to have to change too much, but I just don't think they're going to trust him to do a ton uh, you know, given the fact that that he hasn't, you know, been playing all year and, and really has been on the practice squad, hasn't even gotten the reps with a lot of these guys that he's going to be throwing to. So expect a lot of Chubb, uh, a, a lot of Johnson mixed in as well. You know, the, I'm sure the tight end screen game will be featured heavily and, and all of that too. You're going to see a lot of the, uh, to me, it, the offense will probably look pretty similar other than when it is time to throw, there are going to be, you know, a lot of max protect short passes. They are not going to stretch uh, the field very much at all is my, is my guess. And the biggest reason for that it, to me is not only, you know, is Mullins at quarterback, but the tackle situation in this game is, is a nightmare. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. Uh, you know, Blake Hans is a guy that, you know, they, you know, they benched for a rookie in James Hudson last week. And he was supposed to be, you know, a backup guard on this team. He's been playing a lot of tackle because, you know, he was the fourth string tackle, now fifth string tackle uh, on this team to start the season. And he's just not, a, you know, a, a, a supreme athlete out there, which is why they kicked him inside the guard. And he's going to struggle against Max Crosby or Yannick Ngakwe. But perhaps what's even more concerning is he's the number one tackle because the number two guy is Alex Taylor who spent the whole year on the Browns practice squad. I mean, I, I kind of compare this to like a preseason game number one uh, roster out there where uh, it's going to be Mullins and two guys that are, are toward the end of the depth chart um, tackle-wise. But the problem is on the flip side, they're going up against Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe who have been you know, one of the most destructive duos in the entire league as far as rushing the quarterback. I mean, outside of, you know, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, uh, and maybe Micah Parsons, you know, Max Crosby has been right up there in, in terms of the very best uh, defensive ends at rushing the passer this year. And in, in, in Gakwe has benefited from that on the other side of the football, much like we've seen with Garrett and Clowney. You know, these guys have really torn up uh, a lot of starting offensive lines that are usually pretty capable. So now you're talking about bringing in some guys that are, are really more like practice squad type of players. I mean... Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a challenge uh, to to throw the ball down the field at all. Now they got Anthony Schwartz back, um, and they've got you know Donovan Peoples Jones, no Jarvis Landry, no Austin Hooper. Those guys did not test back in, so there's some weapons to work with. But I just don't think the Browns are gonna chance it very much. I think they're gonna run the ball with Chubb and the big, perhaps the the biggest guy they got back, and I, and I failed to mention him so far is Wyatt Teller. I mean Wyatt Teller in particular in the running game is arguably the best guard in the league when it comes to running the football. So I expect to see a similar style to like what they did against the Broncos, where they're going to run the ball right behind the interior offensive line. They've got their center. They've got Batonio and Teller. And I think they're just going to try not to run beyond the tackles too much. Keep it inside. That's also where this Raiders defense is vulnerable. And then when they go to pass, they're just going to try to not let, you know, Crosby and, and Gakwe get, too much of a shot because I mean, you look at it, Max Crosby's number two in the league in terms of pressure rate behind 
Miles Garrett and Ngakwe is also up there. You know, he he's in the, you know, the top 30, 40 uh, guys. So again, the path to 20 points. I know they won the Broncos game with 14, but the problem uh, in the difference in this game is this is a better Raiders offense uh, and a more weak uh, Browns defense because of, of the absences they have on that side of the football. So path to 20 points. Can they find a way to scratch and claw their way to 20 points behind this interior offensive line, behind David Njoku, behind the running backs? Because that's the only way I, I see them having a chance to win in this game. They got to stay ahead of the chains and, and ultimately not get into pass obvious situations because – I just don't like their chances if it gets to that. And the Raiders run defense has struggled, so maybe they can they can find a way to do that. Now let's flip over to the other side of the football because they did get some good news on the defensive side of the football that maybe, you know, with 17 points or something like that, they can win because, you know, they outside of Miles Garrett, they really did not have a lot <laughs> of depth on the in terms of the defensive line. They got Tech McKinley back. So they'll at least have him opposite Garrett. He's not clowny, of course, but he is, a, you know, a, a very capable pass rusher who's had some really bright moments at, at times this season. So, you know, they won't have clowny. They won't have a Denebo who, who's been a nice little player off the practice squad. They won't have Malik McDowell in inside either. But, you know, the Browns have some depth at D tackle. And, and so I think they'll be able to overcome that. And the Raiders really haven't punished teams running the ball all that much. So I wouldn't expect them to be able to do that in this game. And then I think, you know, I, they really got a key player back at, at all three position groups because they got Anthony Walker back uh, for this game as well. And their linebacker depth wasn't great. Jacob Phillips, Mac Wilson, those guys were out. Now they would have had JOK and Taki Taki anyway, but now you've got your full complement of linebackers. You can at least play some sort of base defense. And that's in particular helpful because uh, of the safeties. You know, they basically had no safeties uh, that have been playing significant time, you know, off of the COVID list, but they got John Johnson back. And I think, you know, for all of John Johnson's struggles this year, getting him back is huge, huge in this game because the Raiders love to work the middle of the field. Darren Waller's not going to play, but even Foster Moreau, the big tight end, is a safety blanket for Derek Carr. Hunter Renfro out of the slot is a big safety blanket for Derek Carr. So having at least one safety in there who, who can help coordinate this defense uh, on, in the secondary and help cover up that middle of the field, I think, is a massive, massive benefit to the Browns. Uh, so between you know getting the linebackers and at least one safety, you can put a base defense out there that's pretty close to what you would expect you know, your starting defense to look like. Now, they they obviously aren't going to be able to go with the three safety look. Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit are both out of this game. But, you know, you get John Johnson and, and then, you know, uh, LeCount, Moffitt, you know, whatever those guys can kind of rotate in at, at the second safety spot and, and hopefully uh, provide some sort of play. I mean, we've seen moments from LeCount, you know, the Chiefs game all the way back at the beginning of the year. He, he had a little bit of run. Uh, I don't think, you know, he's – an ideal option, but at least a guy that's that's seen the field a little bit before. You've got your corners, Warden, Grady, Williams. Newsom is still not cleared from concussion protocol. Seems like he's out of this one, but you start to see it. Like you're like, okay, this is like a really banged up defense, but a a defense that could still hold the Raiders, a, a, an offense that's been sputtering at times. I think the biggest concern is, and I mentioned this on the last podcast, is slot corner. Uh, you know, Hunter Renfro has 
just been uh, really uh, fantastic these last couple of weeks. He's a great route runner. Some of those clips have been floating around Twitter. And you're looking at MJ Stewart, I guess, you know, unless they unless they shift Ward over to him and go with somebody on the outside. But, you know, keep in mind, AJ Green, your corner depth is out of this game in addition to Newsom. So, you know, Brian Allen it would then be an outside corner for you. That's that's tough. So I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I don't know what I, I think they're just going to leave MJ Stewart on the inside against Hunter Renfro. And that's, that's the mismatch. There is no other way to say it other than that's a mismatch. I expect that's where the Raiders will pick at when they need to throw the football. Uh, but I think the last, you know, and, and the the one other thing I'll mention is we're still waiting to, to see on the coaches, but it seems like the latest reporting is that they don't expect Kevin Stefanski to be back in this game. So Alex Van Pelt will be calling the plays. Uh, you know, Alex Van Pelt did a good job in the playoff game last year. That's really all we have to go off of, right? He, he basically has never, you know, called plays consistently and definitely not for this Browns team. He's in a tough spot with the limited roster they have. So, I'm, I, you know, I don't have a lot of expectations for the offense. We'll just we'll have to wait and see. But hopefully Stefanski has been able to be part of the game plan this week. And we've seen coaches win, you know, these these backup coaches win, you know, and play well before. The, the, the Saints just did it last night with Sean Payton. So, the latest example of of, uh, of the interim head coach for for one game coming in and getting a, a W. It's possible. You know, would I favor the Browns in this game? No, but do I think with some of these additions they've got a better chance? Yeah, I think. You know, I was saying kind of like fifteen percent on the last podcast. Maybe they're up to twenty twenty five percent chance. I wouldn't favor them. I think the Raiders have a, a a better, more complete roster than what the Browns are putting out there right now. Especially because hey, they're putting their third string quarterback out there. I mean. Let's call it for what it is. Usually when you start a third string quarterback, you don't win. Uh, I think Tony Grossi had the stat that the Browns have started their third or fourth string quarterback 22 times since uh, they, they came back in 1999. They are 0-22. Usually you do not win these games. Like it is highly, highly unusual. They are in a position where it's possible. Again, I think they, you know, they, they have a shot, but uh, you know, they're up against it right now in a pivotal situation. So we'll see if this team can rally together. And I think that's that's the ultimate question in this game is what are the mindsets of these two teams? You know, are the Raiders pissed off in a good way? You know, where they're frustrated that the game got moved and do they come out flying around or are they distracted by all of that and instead aren't focused on the game? You know, the Browns who haven't really been able to practice all week, are they going to rally around this adversity or is it going to be a total mess because they haven't practiced they, you know, they've been in and out of virtual meeting rooms. These guys haven't really played together all that much. You know, is it going to be uh, ugly on that? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's the case. Uh, you know, we, we this team's dealt with some COVID issues before and been able to rally around. But it, they're, uh, you know, the, starting a, a different quarterback is a whole different ball game in, in terms of, of trying to get some chemistry. So. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, that's not the popular thing to say on these type of podcasts. You know, usually I'm supposed to have a take, uh, an opinion, but the reality is we just were, there's so many different variables here to try to unpack. I just have no idea what's going to happen. My, my gut feeling is the Browns will be able to keep this close, but they'll probably, you know, uh, struggle, but maybe, you know, the desperation kicks in and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm sure that's what you guys are hoping for too. So all right, Browns fans, we'll just have to see how this one plays out. As I said, this one will only be up for a couple hours, and then we will bring you a post-game reaction later on tonight as well. So 
you know, uh, we'll be cheering this team on no matter what. Nick Mullins will be our guy for this one. Browns fans, hey, we're used to rooting for third string quarterbacks anyway, right? So uh, hopefully he can go out and get us uh, a W and, and really turn this season in, in on its head and in a great direction. So we'll be watching, you know, shortly here in a couple hours. And, you know, until then, Browns fans, until we talk after the postgame, two words for you. Go Browns.